Hallelujah. Come on, give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, lift your hands to heaven if you're able. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you that the God of angel armies is on our side. I thank you, God, the Bible declares, if God be for us, who could be against us? I thank you, Father, your word declares the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter till the full coming of day. So whatever you came in here tonight carrying or whatever tries to come against you is cursed in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says that nothing can curse what God has blessed. And I'm here to tell you, if God, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God is with you. God is for you. There's angels on assignment to protect you. Come on, say amen to this. To fight your battles for you. It's time instead of trying to fight things in the natural, you lift your hands and say, Father, I'm calling on you. I'm calling on heaven to intervene on my behalf. I'm calling unto you, God. God, like you said, call unto me, and I will answer you. I'll show you great, unmighty, unsearchable things which you did not know. That's Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. He's a good God. I said, he's a good God. Come on, say amen to this. <laughs> well, are you glad to be in God's house tonight? Come on, you could do better than that. Are you glad to be in God's house tonight? Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Let's welcome everybody watching online. Give them a big old noise. Let them know there's a bunch of people. Come on. A bunch of people in God's house tonight. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm just overwhelmed by what God's doing. How about you? Hallelujah. So many good things happen. It's like making my head spin. <laughs> we were upstairs having our pre-service prayer and meeting with some of the worship and media team and just, you know, we go over, order a service and we pray together and just kind of celebrate what God's doing. And I'm just overwhelmed by how God is blessing people in his house. I shouldn't say I don't expect it because I do. I pray for the people here all the time and the partners of this ministry. But it's just amazing to see what God's doing in and through people's lives, through their families, through their marriages. Really, we're going to talk on again tonight, through their relationships through their businesses. I said through their businesses. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go out this week on social media, so I might as well say something now. You guys would be on the inside loop. Is that all right? You know what I love about my God? The God I serve, before a need even arises, he meets the need. He, <laughs> I don't even get time to tell him about it, and he already takes care of it. So one of the needs we have here and you guys know me. You don't hear me ever talking, oh, we need, we need, we need. Some of you have been here a minute. You, you can testify to that. But I said, God, we need a sign. Although if we put a sign out there, I don't know where we're going to put the people. Because you folks are pretty good at finding a secret society. Look around the room. Amen. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> so I said, God, we need a sign. You got money for a sign? God's got all the money. I ain't worried about all that. Anybody knows me knows I ain't worried about that. And then God gave me somebody who owns a company making signs. Who's become a dear friend. I appreciate you much. Serving in God's house. So the kicker is, I didn't even tell him we needed a sign. <laughs> but God did. <laughs> Everybody needs a sign, right? I'm just glad you got your sign from the Lord. Amen. 
So one day I was traveling, and I says to the Lord, Lord, you know, we need a sign. I'm just, you know, didn't think any more about it. So we land on that plane, and I get a text from him. And it's a picture from across the street of the, of the building here on the porch, and there's a sign on the thing. I thought, what the heck? I know there's no sign there. So we got cameras all inside and out of this building. So I pulled open on my phone. I said, there's no sign there. Am I delusional? <laughs> the pilot forget to let too much oxygen? I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he sent me. This is what the building would look like with a sign on the porch. I said, oh, man. I like that. So then I come upstairs to pray tonight. And I walk in the back room. And we're kind of on borrowed space, in case you haven't noticed. Upstairs, too. You think you're crammed down here. We need to get working on another building. Let's just say that. We need to quit messing with sewer lines all week long and get on another building. Amen. And I walk in and pray. And there's my sign. It's upstairs. He said, we got to get that hung this week. It's just so blown away. And then, yeah. And he says, by the way, Pastor, don't worry about that. We got something for the front of this building, too. I thought, oh, Jesus. Make me happy. So that's one. Then while I'm sitting there, somebody else on the team says, yeah, I didn't want to lie to you. I looked at, oh, God, where's this one going? But he stopped by the other week when we were working on the plumbing issue, we'll say. Let's just say it was a crappy situation this week, all right? Some of y'all could do two and two. That's the nicest way I know how to say it, Harrison. You know that picture of you dressed up like Cousin Eddie? I told Granice, I'm going to put that picture on the screen and tell the people, we need some help with the sewer line. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I'm there. And Patrick, who started a business upon coming to this church too, got saved here, filled with the Holy Spirit, serves here. Amen. He's a wonderful chef, minus the beer cheese incident. <laughs> I'll tease it. I'll tease it. <laughs> he found out you don't cook beer cheese in a crock pot. All you do is boil beer. Amen. <laughs> For all you people that are irate, never mind. <laughs> so anyhow, he says, Pastor, I didn't want to lie to you the other day when you asked me how my business is doing and what I'm working on. But here's what it is. I thought, what in the world is this? I opened it up. He made me a custom guitar for Thrive Church. You ought to see this thing. You will see it this week. And you know how I know? It's got my heart. Because the knobs on it are 357 bullets. <laughs> and I said, now that's fitting for my church. Amen. <laughs> so overwhelmed by what God's doing through this house. How God's giving people businesses. How God's blessing people's businesses. You asked my friend Harrison. I was up to see him I don't know, about a month ago. And I said, you're not going to experience a slow season. Didn't I? I said, you see, get ready boy. It's going to get better and better. And you ask him. No lack. No slowness. Things just getting better and better. Because what you do for God's house, God will do for your house. When you partner with the work of God, I'm telling you. 
Last one, and I'll leave you alone. We're going to sing a little more. Brother Ted, who is my spiritual father, currently has the West Palm Beach Convention Center rented, and they're holding meetings there. So he calls me the other day, and he says, I need to fly you and Carolyn down here. I said, Brother Ted, i got to be here to preach. We'll fly you back. I said, I can't. i got too much going. What I didn't want to tell him is i got sewer backing up in one basement, sewer backing up another basement. I got a crappy situation going on. <laughs> so watch this. I haven't done Sunday morning services. We did them for Christmas time. We'll do it again on Easter Sunday, 10 a.m. By the way, Good Friday, 7 p.m., Easter Sunday, 10 a.m. If you come Sunday night on Easter Sunday, it'll be you and Jesus locked out in the cold. Amen. <laughs> I'd say warm, but it's not looking too promising. He calls a woman out to pray for her last night in the meeting to receive a miracle. And he says, where are you from? She says, ah, here, but by Pennsylvania. He goes, by Pennsylvania? Watch this. She was staying around Christmas time up at the Himalayan Institute. Somebody there told her, there's something going on in that church down in Honesdale. You ought to go there. She came here Christmas time, Brother Ed, and gave her heart to Jesus. Now, she lives in West Palm Beach. She lived there, Lord, never mind. She was up here getting some downtime at the Himalayan Institute. Somebody there told her about what God's doing here. Comes here Christmas, gives her heart to Jesus. Now watch this. Gets invited to the convention center in West Palm Beach. Where Brother Ted's preaching. Now she don't even realize, but everything's connected in the spirit. He says, but... Pennsylvania, what do you mean by that? And she says, well, I got saved at Christmas time in a church in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's a pretty big state. He said, oh, yeah, where at? I got friends in Pennsylvania. She said, oh, a little town you've probably never heard of called Honesdale. He said, the funny thing is I just talked to your pastor on the phone just before service. Everything is connected in the spirit. Hear me. Why do I tell you those things? Because I'm here to encourage you tonight. Encourage, hear me, encourage your faith tonight. That whatever you think you can't do, God will do. Amen. If you would just have faith to believe him, hear me. Maybe some of y'all are business people. It's time to start giving from your business and the work of God. Ask them if it works. Not like a, you know, here today thing, gone tomorrow. No, no, like putting roots down in Honesdale. Believe in God. God, I'm partnering with you, with my family, my finance, my faith, my relationships. Hear me. With the house of God. And I realize, God, what's on your house gets on my house. And Malachi chapter 4 and verse 3 says, On the day when I act, this is talking about God, <laughs> you will tread upon the wicked. As if they were dust under your feet. Put this up. Can you help me, Brooke? Malachi chapter 4 and verse 3. The NLT. Or Malachi, as the Italians like to claim them. All the Italians want their own prophet. Amen. On the day when I act. This is talking about God. You will. Somebody say, I will. I will. Tread upon the wicked. Come on. 
Tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet. I'm here to tell you, lift your hands one more time says the Lord of heaven's armies. I'm here to tell you, I declare and decree every wicked assignment against your life, against your family, sent to harass you from hell. You're not only going to laugh about it, you're going to tread on top of it. You'll dance on top of it. Why? Because God is your help. Hear me. And God's the one who's going to cause you to go over. You're not going to be under. You're not going to be defeated. You'll go from faith to faith, victory to victory. Why? Because God declared, hey, when I act, you're going to tread on top of your enemies. You'll dance on top of them. You'll laugh your way through that thing and victory will be your portion for I am the Lord your God you believe it give God a mighty hand of praise come on sing
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You appreciate this worship team, production team. Give them a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless everybody who serves here. Amen. I'm telling you, we got some of the finest folk this side of the Mississippi. Not stand by that. Amen. I mean, good Lord, I, I don't know, Rick, what time we pulled up here? I don't know, 5 o'clock, something like that. There was already a whole ton of people here helping clean God's house. Amen. Folks get here early, Brother Aaron and them, setting up signs for people to so they know where to park. Amen. Because that's become a quick issue too. I mean, all the problems we have here really are good problems. Minus the sewer thing this week. I could have lived without that one. That one kind of sucked, all right? But, I mean, honest to God. God has been so good. I mean, really. We got so many great things happening, so many great things going on. You know, I'm just blown away by the favor of God, the goodness of God. And if that bothers you, get over it. I'll, I'll never, I mean, tell you, I, I never stop getting overwhelmed and excited about what God is doing, how God's moving, God's touching people's hearts and touching people's lives. And I just like to say this because I feel that it needs to be said. This is a church that, like, <laughs> I unapologetically, <laughs> if that's the right to say it, I make no apologies for what God's doing, the blessing of God on people's lives, the blessing of God on this house. I unapologetically take a stand for our country, for our veterans while I'm at it, for the people that defend our rights to be here. You know, I, I have a friend who I invited over here. He actually started working out a little bit with Rick and I. He runs the security up at Toby Hannon, things of that nature. And we got to talk. You know, we've been friends for, I don't know, probably seven, eight months. And I've never told him I was a preacher. Because, like, I don't like telling people I'm a preacher. Because most preachers gave guys like me a bad name. <laughs> come on, I know where some of y'all come from. You better say amen to that. And he said to me, he said, you know, he, he said, I, we recently went uh, to a larger church in the area to try something or whatever, and uh, he's a, a veteran, thank God, amen. And he's like, you know, I, <laughs> I also say this, because he was active in the war, I'll say stuff like that. Yeah, somebody said, oh, you're a murderer. Let me tell you something, it's not true at all. And while I'm on the record, the Bible doesn't teach that. You want to talk about murderers? Let's talk about people killing the unborn baby. Don't you dare ever hear me call people that have fought for your freedom and my freedom a murderer. Because without people like that, we'd have no country. Can you, can you read my shirt? You know what that says? God, family, country, and freedom, American values. Unapologetically. So if that bothers you, say lovey. This isn't the church for you. That's all the French I'll tell you tonight. Amen. <laughs> now that's patriotism. No, I'm proud to be an American. Amen. I am. I love this country. I've been to a lot of other countries, and trust me, this is the greatest country in the world. I'm telling you, I've been to countries I'd like to box some people up and send them to. 
America sucks. Oh, yeah, let me send you some places I've been. You find out what sucks is all about, amen? You don't know what a hole other people live in. We are blessed and highly favored to be in this country. And thank God for the heroes in this country. Amen. From our first responders to the military and so on and so forth. So if that bothers you, it is what it is. I make no apologies for it. And I thank God for our veterans. And you should too. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Maybe. Started last week talking on relationships. That the most valuable thing in life is a relationship with God, but a relationship with others too. And I had posed to you, pitched you the idea that I, I can tell if you're really a Christian or not by your sphere of relationships. Jesus said to his disciples, all men will know you're my disciples by what? Your love for one another. Nobody likes me. Well, you're not very likable. <laughs> Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's time to turn the frown upside down. When's the last time you smiled? So the seed of a smile some, somewhere else. Some people look like they're baptizing pickle juice, amen? <laughs> it's okay to smile. I had somebody one night got mad. I don't like the way you were laughing in church. I don't think I asked you. I said, do you know the Bible says that God will fill your mouth with laughter? I don't believe that. I said, I don't really care. He said it. No matter what you believe or don't believe. The Bible says God sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. The Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy. Jesus said, one New Testament scripture, I have come that your joy might be full. So I'm sorry, I like the laugh. Maybe watched a little too much Don Rickles in my lifetime. No, I don't know. Come on, some of you old timers laughing. Young who, who's Don Rickles? <laughs> Or like those old Dean Martin Rose. Anybody like those? Come on. Look at God's not going to hit you with lightning. Come on, anybody? That's when, you know, aren't they funny? Oh, my Lord. A lot of times at night, you know what I put on? That. Two o'clock in the morning, Don Rickles. And I'll laugh till my sides hurt. Look, it's going to be okay. Amen. Some of y'all are way too uptight. You need to loosen up a little bit. And I can assure you, we're not going to live on the same street in heaven. Because we're going to laugh where I live. One big party where I live, Brother Ed. They don't like partying. Stay on the Baptist side of heaven. Amen. No, I'm sorry. Or the Presbyterian or whatever. Don't worry, I'm an equal opportunity offender. If you're Baptist, I still love you. Amen. <laughs> Relationships. Some relationships in your life you need to build and others you need to break. Oh boy. Some relationships in your life you need to build and others you need to break. Oh boy. I'm going to talk about this a little bit tonight. Let me help you while I'm at it. God never called you to have cancerous or toxic relationships. Oh man, can I? God never called you to have toxic or cancerous relationships. Well, God wants me to just minister to this toxic person. No, no, no. There's a way of ministering. There's a difference between ministering and having to put up with them. There's a big difference. I don't have to put up with your negativity. 
I don't like drama. I say it all the time. Save the drama for the baby mama. Amen? <laughs> Some of you. Look, my grandmother's here. She still comes every Sunday night, so I know I'm okay. Amen? <laughs> Somebody has to come support me. While I'm thinking of it, we got this podcast thing coming out. See, I almost forgot. This podcast thing that just launched. So do me a favor. Pull out your phones. It's the one time it's legal. Amen? I'm kidding. If you have an iPhone, go into the podcast app. If you don't have an iPhone, uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if you're like Glenn, he's still trying to figure out the flip phone. Amen. The podcast app, search Thrive Church Honesdale. Hit the subscribe button. If you don't, I pray you lose the elasticity in your shorts. Amen. No, I'm teasing. Teasing. Apple iPhone, Thrive Church, Honesdale on the podcast app. Hit subscribe. If you're into the, the other side, we're on Spotify and uh, what do you call that thing? Google? Right. Whatever. I'll take your word for it. Thrive Church, Honesdale. Hit subscribe. YouTube, please do us a favor. Hit subscribe on the Thrive Church, Honesdale YouTube page. Facebook, like it, share it, whatever. Instagram, TikTok. Did I miss anything? ThriveChurchHonesdale.com. All the above. And I would appreciate it. All right? So I didn't forget. So God never called you to have cancerous and toxic relationships. Watch this. He's the God that leads you to green pastures. Still waters. Oh, can I just for a minute? Still waters. And in passive righteousness for his name's sake. So if somebody's toxic and it's cancerous and whatever, you don't have still waters. Over here. You don't have green pastures. You know what you got? Manure pastures. It's a bunch of crapola going on. And nobody likes that. Maybe some people do. I don't like that, amen? I grew up in a country. I still don't look forward to the smell. <laughs> Fertilizer. That's right, brother. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean God called you to have toxic or cancerous relationships. And let me help you. If you have toxic and cancerous relationships, it's time to break those. It's time to break those. And you know where you should build up at? In the house of God. With people of God. Come on, say amen to this. People that are going to encourage you. People that are going to love you. Come on, say amen. People that are going to build you up. Not break you down. God didn't call people to break people down. He called them to build each other up. Oh, man. This is easy preaching here because you folks get it. Because if we had a toxic church, there would be no church. If this was cancerous, uh, it wouldn't be growing. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15.33. I told the manager at the gym this this week. She was talking to Christy and a bunch of them. And Christy, of course, because she can't keep anything a secret, says, uh, I'm teasing. I tease it. She says to the manager, he said something about you in the sermon last week. <laughs> and then let in with, that's why you got to come to church. So, Brownie points on that one. So, uh, so I came back over to her. I, I said to her, I said, I'm going to give you one scripture verse. She looked at me. I said, the same verse I'm about to give everybody in here. You know what it is? Anybody? 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company. Come on, wasn't that song? Bad company. Some of you. Bad company 
corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So hear me. You can be a very positive person, but negative people will pull you down. Come on, man. You could be going in the right direction, and the devil will do all his best to take relationships in your life and pull you, steer you, come on, in the wrong direction. You know why? Because bad company corrupts good character. <sighs> Got to break some things off. Got to break some people off. Around 4.30 this morning, I was having a conversation with the Lord. And I sacrificed some relationships on the altar, I'll say in the last year, that I thought were near and dear to me. And I said, God, I chose you over people. And I'd do it again. And I felt such a sweet presence of the Lord come in my room. Because there's a difference, hear me, in just having a transactional relationship and a real fellowship with God. Have conversations with him about some things. You know what I'm saying? If God can't speak to you about some matters, about relationships you need to break, then he can't speak to you about building anything either. Again, if God can't speak to you about breaking things off of you or relationships off of you or things you need to lay aside or people or bad company, then don't expect God to build some things in your life either because God can't build some things without breaking some things. Oh, man. Come on, Italians. We can't have any wine without crushing the grapes. Try making wine without crushing grapes. You know what you got? What do you got? Grape juice. Not even that. Amen. But what concerns me, watch this, is within the body of Christ, there's more breaking than building. What concerns me, wakes me up at night, is there's more breaking in the body of Christ than there is building. And outside those walls, there's more building than there is breaking. Not to say I didn't have problems, but before I started this church, it was pretty much easy street, if I'm being honest. Boy, the day we started doing things here at this church, even all the other pastors, I went from people liking me to thumbs down real quick. Yeah, I go to that church, I think they are. I mean, like, people sending me clips of, of pastors bad-mouthing me from their microphone. What did I ever do to you? And you come here, for, come here for any length of time. No, I haven't bad-mouthed any minister from the microphone, nor were I ever. Even ones who bad-mouthed me, I don't mind. I just don't understand why you're sowing that type of seed. Don't be surprised when God clears the place out and locks the door on you. I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again. Well, he's doing this, he's doing it. Yeah, and every accusation hit the ground from every lying tongue. Oh, boy, do I wish I had the time. You ought to be careful who's speaking into your life. People come into your life, hear me, with ulterior motive. Headline news. I told somebody the other day, he said, oh, well, you know, they're different. I said, no, a snake sheds its skin, it's still a snake. Oh, man. That's why Jesus said, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. All right, let's get to the text. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 says it like this in the Passion. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. Let me help you. Jesus is here to encourage you. 
Only in the body of Christ do I hear people all the time, I don't like Joe Alstein, he's too encouraging. <laughs> Come on, you're laughing, maybe it's some of you. He doesn't preach, he just encourages people. Well, guess what? Someday he'll stand before God just like you will and give an account for everything he said. But let me also remind you, in the New Testament, they talk about a gift of encouragement. Oh, boy. So maybe you ain't, shouldn't be slapping the thing that maybe God's using somebody in. Oh, man. Oh, I don't like John. He's just too positive. And even your blood type is be negative. Amen. I'm sorry. Come on. Come on. Am I telling the truth? It's not unsafe people. It's people who call themselves Christians. Oh, man. Come on. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. Let me help you. God is the God of overflow. He's El Shaddai is one of his names. The God of more than enough. Well, let me help you. And I said this this morning. When you overflow with love, you're like God. When you overflow with joy, you're like God. When you overflow with peace, you're like God. Hear me. When you give, you're like God. For God so the world he gave. Do you understand? These are all attributes, hear me, that really tick the devil off. That really tick the devil off. I have a lot of young preachers ask me, well, how do you flow in the gifts in the Spirit? I said, work on the fruit of the Spirit, and then the gifts will come. Oh, boy. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. Come on. Overflowing with love. Amen? This is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 in the Passion. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. I used to sing that song when I was growing up. What a friend we have in Jesus. Come on. You have experienced, I have experienced, a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. I told you last week, Harvard did a recent study that the happiest people on earth weren't people, you know, with mansions or jets or Rolls Royces or any that thing. That's all well and fine. The happiest people on earth were the ones that had meaningful relationships in their lives. God's will for you is a relationship with Him and a healthy relationship with others. When you have things right with God, things will be right in the home. Come on. When your vertical relationship is active and right, there's a friendship there with the Holy Spirit. Hear me, you're overflowing with love, things are working out. Then your horizontal relationships tend to fall in line. But when this one's out of line, these ones will always be out of line. Come on. Deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. I said to God, God, you know what I want? I want a deepening relationship with the Holy Ghost. Because the deeper I go with you, God, the better I'll be at everything else. The better father I'll be. Come on, say amen to this. The better I'll be able to lead this church, lead my family, better in my business. Come on, better me in 23. We talked about this. How is that going to happen? You know, I called a boy out this morning in the 11 a.m. service at Peckville. They asked me to go over and receive the offering. And I felt the Holy Spirit say something to me. Matt, wonderful young man. He's an MMA fighter. My kind of guy. Somebody said, are you Irish? I said, the Irish stuff in my family is like this. Is this a private fight or can anybody join? Amen. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Some of you can't laugh at that. We can laugh about that. 
Because on our side of the family, my grandmother's name, Louise Gregg Drost, the Greggs and the McGregors had a feud. Some people don't know this. They come out of the, we'll say the pub, and the McGregors and the Greggs had a little, you know what I'm saying? And whoever lost took the other one's last name. So, to all my Irish friends, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Play. Some of you, all right. It's going to be all right. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity. Come on, I talked about this last week, harmony and unity. Joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Oh, how do you, some of you know that song? Heathens! You thought Bob Marley wrote that. No, that's right out of Philippians. Come on. He wasn't jamming on the one and figured it out. That's the word of God, amen? <laughs> one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose. And you will, somebody say, I will. Fill my heart with unabounded joy. You want to please God? Be in unity. You want to please God? Be in harmony. In fact, a lot of Pentecostals, oh, the Spirit of God is poured out, poured out, poured out. Yeah, you know how it was poured out? Because they were all together in one place, in one accord. In other words, they were in unity, in harmony, with one mind. Hear me. Not concerned about, well, brother so-and-so is doing this, they're doing that. Who cares? Who cares? I get people all the time ask me, what are you doing over there? Who cares? You know, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing since I started preaching 16 years ago as a kid in Brazil. Preaching the word of God hard. Bragging on Jesus till he shows up. Bragging on how great God is till God just shows up and does it. When I preached in Pakistan earlier this week, just watching the hand of God. Now watch this. If I'm preaching through a screen to a whole bunch of people in a remote village in Pakistan, like I've been doing weekly, we're sending Bibles there and they're translating. I mean, you wouldn't believe the things God's doing. How am I able to look through a screen, Brother Jay, while I'm preaching? And there's a girl sitting where you're sitting. I said, daughter, you got trouble in your left ear. Jesus is going to heal you right where you are. Because I'm not worried about everybody else and everything. I don't care. You know what I care about? What God's doing. I care about jiving with the vision of God. I don't even care about what other people's vision for this church is. I care about what God's vision for the church is. What's my vision? I don't care. I'm interested in what his vision is. I'm interested in one thing. Paul said, I'm, I'm aiming to please God. And if you think you're going to please me by doing something, you aren't. Because I don't really care one way or the other. My mark is pleasing God. Because when you've tasted and seen some things, you don't care about things. You care about the giver of all things. You care about going hard after God. That's why I preach this word so strong. Some of you have been around here a minute. You know that I don't back off anything. We're going to hit a verse in a few moments that I promise you won't help grow a church. But I'm not interested in helping grow the church. I'm interested in preaching the word of God. And the people God draws here to be his work. The Bible says in Psalm 127.1, Lest the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain, Brother Jim. I'm not... I, I'm not going out, oh, you need to come here, come here, come here. Let me tell you something while I'm on a microphone. I've never called one person to come from another church to come here, nor will I ever. 
Will I invite unsafe people here? Yeah, I'll tell them, blue in the face. I've never called one other, uh, somebody goes to wherever, First Baptist, wherever that is. Oh, yeah, you need to come over here because this is what I'm doing. No, you know why? Because God never called me to do that. God never called anybody to do that while I'm on the ride. God didn't call us to tear down another one. God won't bless me by hurting another. Come on. Build up or break down. Build up or break down. God calls people to unity and harmony. He never calls people to division. Come on. Division is from the devil. Racial division. Division in the churches. Economical division. Oh, can I just for a minute. And even within the church, if we're not careful for so long this thing has been, there's a prejudice against rich people. I know you won't say amen, but it's true. Rich people. No, 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 no. You're in dangerous ground whenever you trust in any amount of riches, be it a dollar or a million dollars. What do you do with Deuteronomy chapter 8? Where he says, once you've eaten and been full, been prosperous and everything, and built fine homes to live in, be careful. This is Deuteronomy chapter 8. Lest you say, I achieved this with my own hands. Deuteronomy 8.18, for it is the Lord your God who's given you the power to create and receive wealth that he might establish his covenant in the earth with you today. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. There's an issue when stuff has you. I don't care if you came here in a Bentley or a Hoopty. Make no difference to me. If somebody comes here to Bentley, I don't favor them anymore than the guy that drove here in a Hoopty. Because that's what the Bible warns against. But if somebody's blessed with a Bentley, I'll celebrate with them. God gives you a business, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. They may have male cheerleaders. I don't want to get any weirdness here. I don't roll like that. You know what I'm saying? God gives you a business. Yes, these boys have been with me for a while. I'll be your biggest supporter. I'll be grateful to God for you. You know why? Because I think we ought to have more Christian business people. When I called that young man out today, you know what I told him? I said, I'm sure you know who this is. Nobody else in the room. You know who Rory McDonald is? Yeah. I said, he was out of my wife's church in Montreal. Got saved. Professional MMA fighter. I said, you know what he had a bunch of Christians tell him to do? He had to leave the professional MMA because that's not a Christian thing to do. I said, I beat up the devil professionally and I don't even get paid. <laughs> I told him, I said, Brother Matt, don't let anybody tell you. We need more professional Christian athletes. I said, let me tell you how the Lord's going to do it. Whew. Hallelujah. And I gave him the word of the Lord on how God would take him to that place. You know why? It's about time, rather than people getting praised for taking a knee on nonsense, that people took a knee for what's right and say, I give God the glory for being out here. He's my God. He, watch this. He's the one who built me and brought me to this place. Not any man. Abraham said it like this to the king of Sodom. He said, I won't even take as much as a sandal strap from you. Lest you say, I'm the one who made Abram rich. That's in Genesis. No man can take credit for what God's doing. I don't want anybody trying to lay their hands on me in the flesh. Oh, I'm the one who blessed him. I'm the one that you didn't do squat for me. God did everything for me. Does God work through people? Yeah, but guess what? It wasn't you. It's the blessing of God on your life. Hallelujah. I'll take those two amens. Too much of this crap going on in America. Well, I bought this Escalade. No, no. God owns it all. God loans it all. 
God blessed you, what you ought to tell people is, yeah, God's been good to me. God's blessed me. So, yeah, hey, I'm driving an Escalade or a hoopty. I told, I, you know, I asked these guys. I told myself, I think I'm going to put gold wheels on my motorcycle. You know why, Ed? Because I've never seen gold wheels on a motorcycle. Rick's like, I'm not riding with you if you do that anymore. He'll be riding, all right, in the back with his training wheels. Amen. I told myself, I'm going to put a big wheel on the front of that thing. One of them 21 inchers. And 18 inches of the bike sits like this. And when that gold wheel, who that guy think he has gold wheels on that bike? Some of y'all got gold teeth. Amen. I mean, what's the difference? I just like it on my wheels instead of my mouth. Amen. <laughs> Look, God calls people to live in unity and harmony, not division. But think about this. Watch how the devil's worked. They shouldn't be driving a car like that. Oh, come on. Who do they think they are? Let me tell you. I love this church. Can I just... I've done too much preaching here. Do you understand? <laughs> Think about this. Watch this. Let me help you. Just remember, I told a man this this week. A man came to me. He's actually doing too good of a job in the area he's in. I can't say it over the thing because people will know. And they're building and doing things, and now they're going to move him to another position out of the air because he's doing too good of a job. I said, let me tell you something. He goes, you know, Pastor? <laughs> he goes, you prophesied over me one night I came to thrive. And it took place immediately. He said, I'm telling you, I went from through the roof, coming in from north to south, to east and west. He goes, God's been doing things for me. I, I'm afraid to even put it out on social media. I said, no, you should. Rub it right in the face of the devil. I think they're going to silence it. Meanwhile, you know what I said? I'll just tell you what I said to him. Man, I, I'm so far off of what I, but I just feel led to say this. I said, brother, I've dealt with a lot of the same crap. Could care less. Hey, Christian, yeah, you got to fly in a plane. I said, oh, are you picketing Playboy owning a fleet of them? Oh, quiet now. I don't own a plane. Not yet, anyway. And people say, he has three jets. Let me know where they are. I will gladly go get them and slap Thrive Church on the tail of that sucker. Am I, Lou, am I telling the truth? And I promise you, I will fly that thing over every person's house that said that I couldn't and give him one of these from the air. Amen. Some of you are laughing because you know I will. So if you know where my three planes are, just get them for me. But I'm telling you right now, hear me loud and clear. I got no problem with a preacher having a plane or any child of God. I have no problem with any child of God living in a large home, driving the nicest car they can drive. Boat, plane, train, automobile, whatever they want to do. You know why? Watch. As long as God gets the glory for it, I'm with it. Because the same religious devil was alive when Jesus was out there. And I told this brother to encourage him this week. I said, let me tell you something, brother. I said, they gambled over Jesus' garments. Did they or did they not? I said, if Jesus was poor, why are they gambling over his clothes? In fact, I've been to Israel. We're going to go again by the grace of God. I've been there. You know what they said? His clothes actually had the highest thread count out of any clothes they could get at the time. In fact, Jesus wore some of the most expensive clothing you could get. You know why? Because he had wealthy people supporting his ministry. 
Joseph of Arimathea, whose tomb he borrowed, because he's Jewish, he didn't buy anything. Amen. No, it's easy. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Don Rickles coming out. <laughs> Joseph of Arimathea, one of the wealthiest people at that time, one of the finest tombs you could be laid in. But there's a prejudice against rich. Let me help you. There's also been a prejudice against poor. There shouldn't be a prejudice on either side. There should be no prejudice at all. It comes from the devil. I said, but brother, let me encourage you. Jesus, when he had a woman with an alabaster flask, dumped that out over her. The disciples said, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a year's wages. That could be sold and given to the poor. Yeah, the same guy that was stealing out of your treasury for three years. Judas. That could have been given to the poor. Who does he think he is? The same guy that sells out our Lord and Savior for a cheap bag of silver. It's the same devil. Hello. Runs rampant in the church. You can love me or hate me. It's still the word of God. Still the word of God. Let me help you. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I challenge you to read that this week. Deuteronomy chapter 8. That was written like almost 6,000 years ago. So if you think prosperity gospel, the term they like to call this, just came up in American preaching in the 1980s, or the offering was created in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1983. No, the offering was created, instituted by God in Genesis from the beginning with Cain and Abel. Oh boy. Kill all the religious devils at once. And if you watch any bum on YouTube that's teaching you crap like that, do yourself a favor. Get rid of it. They're probably like 57 years old living in their mom's basement <laughs> with whitey tighties on underneath the video <laughs> and Cheetos all over them. <laughs> the same people that's teaching, God's a socialist. No, he's not. God is not a socialist. Somebody tell me, that's too political. No, it's truthful. If you could have idiots teaching whatever, I'm at least going to give you the truth. Say amen. So watch this, Romans 12, 18, and set this up tonight. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. All right, got that much? You were not called to create problems, you're called to solve problems. Come on, solve problems. You're not called to bring division. You're called to bring unity. Come on. You're not called to break down. You're called to build up. All right. Now ready for the shrink your church verse? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 9. I wrote to you in my previous letter. Asking you not to associate with those who practice sexual immorality. Getting quiet now. Yet in no way was I referring to avoiding contact with unbelievers who are immoral or greedy. Come on. Or swindlers. Or those who worship other gods. For that would mean that you'd have to isolate yourself from the world entirely. We still okay? All right, we're going to go a little further, all right? But now I'm writing to you so that you would exclude from your fellowship anyone who calls himself a fellow believer. Some of y'all didn't know this was in here. Huh? 
Don't worry, I'll close my eyes and everybody can run. No, please. <laughs> and practices sexual immorality. Or is consumed with greed. Why do you think I teach so strong on giving? Because giving pushes back the spirit of greed. And allows the spirit of God to flow through you. Or is an idolater. Or is verbally abusive. Or a drunkard. Oh, baby, we'll get them all tonight. Or a swindler. Don't mingle with them or even have a meal with someone like that. That's heavy duty. That is... Give us John 3.16. (laughs) What right do I have to pronounce judgment on unbelievers? Hello, religious devils. Oh, boy. That's God's responsibility. But those who are inside the church family are our responsibility. Oh, baby, I love you enough to tell you the truth. To discern and judge. So it's your duty to remove that wicked one from among you. Still love me? Hang on, close my eyes. Three, two. Everybody's still here. Paul, we have made it through. Amen. Point number one tonight, God wants you to build with your parents. I'm going to show you five relationships God wants you to build. There's ones you got to break, but there's ones God wants you to build too. Kids, let me help you. God wants you to build with your parents. Now, we're going to preface this because remember it said, if possible, live peaceable with everybody. There's some situations it's not possible. I'm being straight with you. Don't think I'm throwing you something without giving you the whole scope of this thing. There is such thing as bad parents. There's good and bad in everything. There's good doctors. There are bad doctors that are pumping drugs in people for money. There's bad preachers. There's good preachers who actually care about you. We're crazy enough to be in Honesdale instead of West Palm Beach. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) God wants you to build with your parents. Kids, God wants you to build with your parents. How about this one? Of course, I learned this because we went to Christian school for a couple years. Uh, I went to Christian school through third grade. We had it in the basement of the old Peckville Assembly of God Church, what they called SACA. I went to SACA. <laughs> what was our mascot? The principal. Amen. No, teasing. <laughs> she was meaner than a junkyard dog. Amen. Watch this. One of the first ones we learned, Ephesians 6. You know what it says? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord is key there. Kids, I'm giving you a pass here. In the Lord is key there. If mom and dad are trying to lead you in the wrong direction, mm -mm -mm. come on. Honor your father and mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. Parents, you better be shouting me down tonight. (laughs) That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You know what our principal told us? Honor your mom and dad or you're going to die. She was nasty. If you're watching tonight, sorry, but it's true. Thank God I got raptured out of there and went to public school in fourth grade. Went to Lakeland. Amen. Where we were the chiefs. I like being a chief. Come on. I'm on wigwam and all. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Y'all are just too much fun to preach to. I literally have so much fun coming to this church. I mean it. Oh, they may live long in the earth. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So, okay, so let me just hit this though. What if you don't have good earthly parents? Well, Psalm 2710 answers that. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Come on. Malachi 4.6. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. That's what revival looks like. Oh, man. That's what revival looks like. You know, like, anybody ever work with family? You get a double crown in heaven. I'm getting a triple crown. <laughs> but sometimes, watch, it calls to have uncomfortable conversation. But it's healthy. I come out of preaching on TV the other day. My dad was lucky I was in the anointing, amen. And I came out and I said, we need to talk for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like one of these sit-downs and have a conversation about some things. But it's healthy. You know why? Because God wants you to build with your parents. God wants you to grow with your family. Now let me help you. If your parents are discouraging you from the things of God, practice selective hearing. Jesus had selective hearing. I can prove it to you. Mark chapter 5. The Bible says Jesus overheard what they said. And taking only Peter, James, and John in the room with him, he said to the little girl, Talitha Kum, my daughter, arise. For the child's not dead, she's only asleep. <laughs> I'd venture to say selective hearing is essential in your fight of faith. Amen. If you're going to chase your dreams, that's why I love that Cody Johnson song, Till You Can't. We saw him right in, in Delaware this summer on an airstrip. I was like, you know, cowboy boots, airstrip, country music. Brandon's home was just down the road, amen. And I, some of you get that on the ride home. And he sang that song, Till You Can't. If you got a dream, chase it, because the dream won't chase you back. Come on, let me help you. Selective hearing is essential in your fight of faith. I told you, I said, I, I never started moving in the things God had me to move in until I stopped listening to people who told me I can't. Yes. Told me I won't. I don't listen to them. I'm away from them. I'm up above. Remember you said God couldn't do this? God made it fail for you. That's arrogance. No, it's not. It's growth. It's I know in whom I have believed. And I'm fully persuaded that he's going to make it happen. But let me help you. The first relationship God wants you to work with, he wants you to build with your parents. And can I say this for some young people, some young people in this room, your parents have great businesses, and they want to bless you with those someday. So quit being a dummy. Listen up, get all you can, learn all you can about what your parents have in that business, train and grow with your family, and someday what was your parents' ceiling will be your floor. Oh, man, I'm preaching better you're saying amen. Where your parents couldn't go any higher will be the platform that you're able to stand on, hear me, and project you into your future. Come on. God wants you to build with your parents. Number two, God wants you to build with your pastor. Oh, man. And maybe you're new here because we got new people come all the time. Thrive is a church where we want to build together. 
together where you can love and be loved. Come on, somebody. Given and given to. Pray for and be prayed for. Care for and be cared for. I'll give you a scripture. You guys know my heart, so I, I can teach you stuff. But it's important to understand this. Because this isn't a church where I like live in an ivory tower and look down on people. I put these holy jeans on. One leg at a time. Like everybody else. I shop where you shop. Actually, I don't. Carolyn does the shopping. I ain't going to lie. Even when I shop for clothes, I don't, I don't shop around. I don't have time. We go away somewhere, that's when I shop. Always think of time management. Anyway, except Home Depot. You catch me there on the regular. Or Durlams. <laughs> I got the bills approved. Amen. <laughs> Watch. I don't pastor this thing like this. I pastor this thing like this. I'm not, you'll never hear me, I'm on a pedestal, this is what you do for me, you serve me. No, 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 I'm not like that. This isn't a church even where the, we have a wonderful board at this church, but this isn't a board-led church. It's not something where I got a bunch of red tape and ask these boys. I wouldn't do it if it was. I put these cowboy boots in somebody's butt back there, amen. I got wonderful, generous, giving people on the board here. When I say I feel God spoke to me to sow into this missions work, amen, pastor, we're behind you. Just this week, last Sunday night, I sat with a couple of guys from the board upstairs when I was done. I said, just so you know, God spoke to me this morning. Somebody else is getting ready, they got some land to get ready to build a church. I said, we're supposed to send them five grand. I know we don't really have it right now. I know we need to get this other building done, but I also know that God will not be mocked. I said, so tomorrow morning I'm going to bank. We're sending five grand to this preacher. You understand? And it went out embarrassing anybody. I had somebody come to the gym with me Tuesday night. <laughs> My wife and I talked through, you know, some things. We had some things going. We're supposed to give you 5000 to work towards construction. Didn't even take 24 hours. But thank God we have a board here. Hear me. That are spirit-led men. That understand that I'm a, I'm a man of God that has to hear from the spirit of God. Hear me. And when we're spirit-led in our giving and in our living... God will put his hand of blessing upon something that continues to grow. But thank God we're not in some place where the pastor's neutered. And he's a talking face and a puppet, and the board controls everything behind the scenes. Because first off, your boy wouldn't do that. Come on, say amen. You know that. And second off, you could never have growth with that. Because you could, could, I don't know why I feel led to say it, but I do. You could structure something for control. You could structure something for growth, but you cannot have both. I don't need a bridle in my mouth. Am I accountable to people? Yeah, the board here. I have men of God way above me in ministry. Some of them are here to dedicate the building that I call on the phone, talk to regularly through things I can't talk to anybody else about. I said, what's the spirit of God saying to you about this? I'm a man that gets counsel. The Bible says there's wisdom in many counsel, but let me help you. God wants you to build with your pastor. And if you call this church home, this is where you're coming, we're going to be building together. In case you haven't noticed, we like to build. And not just physical buildings. I'm talking about building the body of Christ spiritually. I'm talking about winning the loss. I'm talking about discipling people. I'm talking about this week, Wednesday night, they're starting the small groups for youth here. Come on. That's exciting. Ages 12 to 17. And if you're over 17, stay away. We talk about this. My new brother is going to put you in prison ministry, if not. Amen. 
Don't test him, he will. So Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Oh, baby. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. See, that's why you have to be in a place that's healthy. Like I said, I put my pants on one leg at a time. In the summer, we ride motorcycles. If you have a motorcycle, you're welcome to join in with us. Amen? Amen. All right. Hey. As long as it's a Harley. If you don't ride a Harley, you ride with Aaron. Amen. <laughs> I keep trying to pray the deliverance into Aaron. Get rid of that darn scooter he's got. Give him a Harley. He's surrounded by them. It's only a matter of time. Amen? Why? Because I'm a real person. You want to know what I like to do? I love spending time with my kids. I bought a boat last year. You know why? Because I take the kids out. They love it. Heath, am I telling the truth? He'd take his family and their kids too. All over Lake Wampal back. And I'm swinging them around. I throw them right off the boat. <laughs> and it's legal. I zip that life jacket. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Heath, catch. <laughs> Don't I? Why? Because I'm a real person. I bought one of them side-by-side -side things. Four seats. I buckled the kids right in there. No car seat. You know why? Because I didn't have a car seat when I was a kid. <laughs> I turned out all right. Say people, I call it OSHA. Get a life, snowflake. So, <laughs> look, I'm just real. But I want you and your family to enjoy yourselves too. So, like, what do you like to do? Then do it. Because when I find out, my daughter's already four, going on 14. coming yesterday morning with that pink cowgirl hat on and she said this cowgirl's ready to ride <laughs> thank God for Megan and some of them they took it and they were riding horses and whatever and I wasn't there and then Levi comes in and he's got a plastic cowboy hat on because he's only two and his head's growing fast so why would we buy him a real one amen it's that Jewish anointing so he's got that plastic what it looks like it's from uh, Toy Story, you know what I mean? And he comes in with his sideways on his head. And you go, Dad, I'm a cowboy. I said, at least you know you're a cowboy and she's a cowgirl. All right? So Levi goes to Mama's house, who's my grandma. Right? And my grandmother, they're 100% English on their side. See, I'll do the math. And uh, <laughs> she's got these cats. What are they called? Right, I'll take your word for it. They look like naked mole rats, right, with long tails. I like cats. No, dead ones, but I like them. Amen. Not Tisa. What was Levi doing? With his cowboy hat on, because he didn't go riding the horses. He chasing the cat around. Milo and Gidget. And guess what he's trying to do? Save a horse, ride a cat. Right? So he's. A... 
He's pulling a cat's tail. Don't say, oh, you know what the cat do? Ouch! He said to me, Milo bit me. I said, you deserved it. You pulled its tail. You're going to learn. Mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what do I tell you? I'm as real as they come. I like country music. I drive a lifted truck. Tires are bald. Proof that I'm a redneck. Somebody said, you need tires. I got new tires. They're just not on it yet. Because where I come from, we ride that thing till the cords are showing. Joe, didn't you just tell me that today? It's proof I'm a redneck. You take the boy out of Montdale, you take the Montdale out of the boy. You understand? Blows black smoke. <laughs> I love you too, sister. I'm just glad you weren't the one driving the white Volkswagen. Can I have some confession just for a second? So you really understand who your pastor is. Last summer, some of you are just too uptight. Last summer, there's some kid acting like a jackal on Route 6 down the valley. And I mean, he's swerving, people blowing their horn. So this one precious old lady, it was like knuckles on a steering wheel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Florida and Pennsylvania, it could be on the sign, knuckles on a steering wheel. You get that on the ride home. And uh, he runs her off the road. So I'm saved. <laughs> but there's a religious word called sanctification. And I'm on I'm what they call a work in progress. And so are you, whether you like to admit it or not. And that polished and holy person sitting next to you, so are they. So it really ticked me off. Because what if that was my grandma? No, if it was my grandma, he got his tail beat. That's a different story. Right? Or somebody's mother. Somebody, you know what I'm saying? So have a little mercy on your pastor when I tell you the rest of this. So he catches a red light. He's going in Volkswagens. I won't describe it because they might be watching. Who knows? And he's got all four of the windows down. And he got that music, the big you know, rattling and shaking. And I'm rattling and shaking too, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to shake this fist or show him my Second Amendment, one of the two. And I thought, boy, I I probably won't look good on the front of Scranton Times. And call my grandma to bail me out again. You know what I mean? No, so thank God I'm quick on my feet. Taylor Swift might say she's lightning on her feet. You got to meet this boy. So I get the idea, Brother Paul. I pull just up next to him. And I thought, my windows are so black in my truck, you couldn't see who it was anyway. Oh, Lord. This is mass confession. It's good for the soul. So he's got all four of them windows down. He's there, you know. I thought, uh, let's just say the new green deal wasn't so green that day. So I pull past and realize my tailpipe is right by the driver's window of his car. You know, my truck is one of those trucks, if you step on it, it's got twin turbos and all that stuff. It'll create a mountain of black smoke. 
he's probably still spitting up coal dust. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I grow up, I didn't feel bad about it at all. You know what I thought? Somebody ought to teach that boy a lesson. So anyway, build with your pastor. We're, it can only go up from here. Amen. No, I want you to know, I'm as real as I come, folks. I'm just like you. I don't pretend to be something I'm not. I don't, right, folks, that go to the same gym that I go to, which I won't name because there's a growing number of people coming there. And they're like, I need prayer. Call Benny Hinn. No, I'll just. <laughs> Sorry, it's a joke. I'll pray for you till I'm blue in the face, but I got like an hour a day to be in the gym. And if you want to make an appointment, I try to do it in an hour. People keep talking. <laughs> like Rick, man, you don't shut up. No, i Me and Lou are like, Rick, would you shut up? <laughs> I got like an hour a day, you know what I'm saying? And I'm there to get one thing done. It's not prayer, it's not counseling, it's not anything else. I will do that any other time of the day, morning, noon, I'm here for you. Hear me, I love you, but the gym leave me alone. I just want to lift some weights. And sometimes I got a little bit of stress, believe it or not. And ask Lou, I got to get it out somewhere. Lou goes, man, you're lifting a lot of weight today. I said, yeah, one of them days. It's healthy. So I'm told. I just went to the doctor Friday for a physical. He told me I was healthy as a horse. He said, but you did put on 35 pounds. I said, yeah, I got the same waist. So he goes, no, it's clearly all muscle. He goes, I wouldn't want to mess with you. So build with your pastor, amen? One of the first things that God tells us in Genesis is it's not good for man to be alone. We're meant to be in God's house. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, as the day draws quickly approaching, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren together. In other words, get your butt to God's house. The enemy doesn't want you to be close to church, yet God calls you to be planted in the house of God. The enemy will do anything he can to keep you out of God's house, yet God called you to be planted in his house. Number three tonight, God wants you to build with your spouse. Oh, baby. Build with your spouse. Mark 10, 9, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. If I had the time. God didn't call you to brokenness in your marriage, but called you to build your marriage on him. God didn't call you to have a broken marriage. He called you to build your marriage on Him. Come on. And can I just for a second, sometimes it's not another person that separates our marriages. It's us. Through unforgiveness. Oh, baby. Through unforgiveness. Through meanness. Cruelty. Anger. Come on. What does the Bible say about that? 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way... Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Hey, that's the Bible. Don't get mad at me. I ain't no feminazi. That's what the Bible says. Hey, take it up with Peter when you get to heaven. This is 1 Peter 3, 7. Send me out to get out of 1 Biden and get into 1 Peter. Amen. Treat the respect as a weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. When you got a problem in your marriage, you got a problem with your prayer. 
God, don't answer my prayers. No, because maybe you're treating your wife like crap. Oh, baby. Come on. Don't worry, ladies, I'm coming for you next. <laughs> your prayers are hindered when your marriage is hindered. Amen? Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So we should love our spouses the way that Jesus loves us. Amen? Here you go, ladies. Your turn. <clears throat> for wives, this means being devoted to your husbands. Uh-oh. Like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. For the husband provides leadership for the wife. I think somebody just burped over there. That they got a demon coming out. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. Can I just for a minute? I'll be straight with you. Some of y'all, that's the problem in this country. Because some of y'all women be wearing the pants. It's not biblical. You might get mad. You might leave the church over it. Probably. Huh? Oh, well, see ya. Because watch this. Hear me. It's not supposed to be a husband lording over the wife thing. It's supposed to be an equal partnership. Hear me. But you're out of order when your wife is leading you around with a noose around your neck. It's not biblical. Some of y'all hit the neuter scooter 20 years ago. It's time to get it back. That's not Lord over. No, no, that's a biblical thing. It's, wait a minute, I'm the priest of this house. It doesn't mean I, look at you, you know, I'm the leader. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about husbands. Someday you'll be accountable before God for how affairs were handled in your house. Ladies, you might get uptight about it. It is what it is. It's still the Bible. I had somebody say to me this week at the gym, you preach only the Bible. I said, yeah, too much sometimes. People get mad about it. You don't want the Bible. You want some cupcake version of it. This is what the Word of God says. If you want to see the blessing of God, you got to do it God's way. Nothing worse than some. I probably shouldn't. Lou's looking at me because he knows where I'm going with this. Then these men that are just led all around by women. It's not how it's supposed to be. And ladies, they're not supposed to lead you around like that either. But hear me. You're not supposed to drag him around like he's, you know, cigarette taking him for a drag. Some of you ladies are getting uptight because you're out of order. It's true. I don't like that. I don't really care. It's what the word of God says. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And for all you men that are neutered like that, it's time to get things straight. It's time to have an honest conversation with your wife and sit down and say, wait a minute here. We've been out of order for too long and we're out of balance and anything that's out of balance doesn't work. And it's no wonder we got so many problems in our, in our marriage because we're out of order. And we're a team in this thing. It's not one lording over the other. It's not, well, he's my man. I'm going to drag him all around. No, you're large and in charge. And it's not how it ought to be. Ron, you better warm the car, brother. We got some sissy whipped men in here. <laughs> Brother Lou. Not you. No. Tammy, don't worry. I'm going to talk about him. Lou and I were talking about this the other night. Were we not? 
You'll have that piece of pie if I say you can have it. What? If I was that guy, I would have took that pie. <laughs> Here, you want the pie? It's wrong. It's flat out wrong. And then you wonder why. Let me tell you something. There's no, no such thing as this masculine toxicity or whatever this crap is they're pushing. We need to tone it down with the male stuff. No, no, no. We need men to be men again. I imagine the viewership is dropping like crazy back there tonight. Too freaking bad. Because this is nonsense. And this is the crap that's getting pushed right from the top, I might add, in this country. And taught to our children. And let me tell you something. I'm not saying men are greater than women. I'm not talking about that nonsense. But I'm talking about how much further can you take this thing where a man's not a man anymore? A man has no backbone anymore. Don't worry, Cindy Eric's still back there? No, I'm teasing. It's a joke. I'm serious, folks. Come on. I know I am. You know, like Carolyn. You won't ask for a better woman. I'm telling you. Work hard. Love God. Shovel the driveway. She's from Canada. They like doing stuff like that. I said to her, I said, I'm going to get a chair put it on the front porch and get myself a coffee and take a video as you shovel the driveway. <laughs> no, Jesus. It's a joke. Relax. Let me help you while I'm adding to it. If you don't, can't have humor in your marriage, you got real problems. You ought to be able to make some jokes together and laugh together. Sit down and watch some Don Rickles together. Whatever. Like, you know, there's certain movies that make me laugh. Christmas Vacation. I could quote the movie front, back, and side to side. And I still laugh over and over again. If you don't like Cousin Eddie, you won't like this church. <laughs> or how about the original Dumb and Dumber? Oh, can we just for a minute? I don't care how bad of a mood you're in. You put that on, tell me you're not going to laugh. That's an IOU, 250K. You might want to hold on to that one. I found I was real life. Amen. <laughs> You've got to be able to laugh with your spouse. Because if all it ever is is it's out of balance, watch this. You'll never have a good marriage. And it's not healthy for your kids. It's not healthy for anybody around you. God wants you to build with your spouse. Come on. Whew, that was a tough one. For husbands provide leadership for the wife just as Christ provides leadership for his church as the savior and reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let the wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. Love is choosing the best for the other person. Come on. You have to keep working to build your marriage or it'll break. You have to keep working at this thing. Not, well, everything she says is just what's going to be. No, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for you or anybody around you. But when it's healthy is when you can have real conversation. When you can make joint decisions on things. When you can say, wait a minute, honey, let me take you by the hand. Let's pray on this thing together. Not, this is how it's going to be, either way. My way or the highway. No, you're an idiot. Either either one. Some of you are getting offended because it's true. You've got to build together. Pray together about something. Come on. If you need her permission to eat a jelly donut or not, you married Hitler. Amen. No. <laughs> Sorry. 
You not eat that jelly donut. I'd be like, bring me 12. Why do I, why do I take a minute and teach you stuff? Because it's been so even messed up out there in the world, now it's infected the church. Hear me. And now we got young people getting ready to get married and different things or whatever, and they need this healthy teaching for their future marriages. Because the truth is, this stuff was taught, there wouldn't be so much divorce in the church as it is like in the world. And it, look, at, if you've been divorced, I'm not shooting at you. I got wonderful friends who've been divorced, some three and four times. I told them, I said, you might as well quit. I don't care how many of them are trying to be number four. Don't let it happen. Amen. Hear me. But I want this church to be filled with people who have healthy marriages, healthy relationships. Number four, God wants you to build with your siblings. Oh, boy. Now, that's a tough one. You ever meet my brothers? No, tease. Brother Jeff told me this morning, he said, I love you, but Dylan's weird. <laughs> I said, amen. That's why he's got them bald spots. No, tease. God wants you to build your siblings. Watch this. From the first family in the first book of the Bible, we see sibling rivalry. And it comes from hell. Cain and Abel. Can I tell you, in ministry, I've seen it time and time again. Trust me, I know the who's who's is a charismatic zoo. Like wars within their family of rivalry. My church is bigger. Mine's is bigger. No, 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 no. That is from the devil. Come on. Let's look at it. In Genesis 4. Now Cain <clears throat> talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. You lie. Lie, you fry, amen? Am I my brother's keeper? You actually are. Actually, according to the word of God, you are. Once again, not to lord over, but to be there for one another. See, I know I'm bucking against the devil because I can feel it. Because the devil has had a field day with relationships in the body of Christ and destroyed churches over and over again over these very things I'm teaching you on. He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said... What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hands. That's heavy duty. Come on, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Now look, I understand that there's some siblings that you just can't do it with. It goes back to the scripture. To live peaceably with people as possible. It's a precursor to this. You understand? I'm trying to be holistic here. The enemy will try and use sibling rivalry to break up your family. The family which is supposed to be blessed. And the legacy which is supposed to be godly. And the truth is it has no shot. Because of bickering. Backbiting. Dissension. Gossip. Which means there's no unity in the family. Look, trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. And I'm telling you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is right from the pit of hell. The devil will do whatever he can do to destroy your family, to destroy your home. Your family is one of the greatest testimonies of your faith. Right, Lou? Poor Lou, he got the sermon all week long at the gym. Right? We're talking, we're going to, I said, oh, man, I'm going to preach on this. Man, I'm going to say that 
You know why? Because it stirs my spirit, man, this stuff. This is more teaching than preaching tonight, and I, and I know I'm going with it, but this is stuff that needs to be heard and needs to be taught because this is the stuff that's going to change people's lives, the trajectory of the future forever. Like generation to generation, as the Bible says, how's it going to happen if you've got no relationship with that generation? The devil's had a field day with it. I know stuff's happened, but why not forgive today? Why not let the brokenness go, begin to build your family again? Instead of being the drama maker, be the peacemaker. Oh boy. I'm not going to break up my family. I'm going to build up my family. Why do you think I do so much for my kids? Because I love them. But I promise you it'll be a cold day in hell with Satan sucking on a snow cone before he's splitting my family up. You don't like that? Too bad. Because I'm a pastor over my house, too. And so is every man in the sound of my voice. The Bible says you're the priest of your home. Hmm. Lastly tonight, God wants you to build with your friendships. With your friendships. You got rotten friends, you ain't got friendships. Some people just like you because you buy them dinner. Oh, boy. Come on. I'll be straight with you. I, if I went through my phone and started calling people to come preach here, I can call anybody. And I say that humbly. And they'll come preach. But you ask any one of my friends, if our friendship's predicated on whether I have you come preach or not, we were never friends in the first place. I've had people call me to come preach. I say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to have you. And if our, that's what our friendship's based on, don't ever call me again. I don't care how many networks they're on. You understand? Because it's important what God's doing in this house and what he's saying to these people. It's important the friendships you keep. The old saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You hear me say it all the time, hang with turkeys, you won't be a turkey. Hang with eagles, you'll fly with eagles. And when you're soaring with eagles, turkeys are looking good for dinner. Come on, where's that turkey in the trash can? It is great. We used to do it at Chapman Lake when I was a kid. Amen. Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Oh, man. Some people want you to stay who you've been because they're threatened by your growth. Some people want you to stay who you've been because they are threatened by your growth. As long as you're at the same level as them, everybody's cool with it. The minute God elevates you head and shoulders above the rest, people get teed off. Trust me, they get teed off. And try to make every excuse how you're doing everything wrong. Try to defamate you. Try and blast you, gossip about Believe me, and call themselves Christians all smiling on Sunday morning. You ain't a Christian. According to the Bible, you're not. According to the Bible, you're accuser of the brethren, which is the devil's job. Oh, boy. I've been deemed, since I started this church, I've been deemed everything under the sun. False prophet? I didn't even know I was a prophet. Well, I'm a false one. Right on social media, somebody is dumb enough to call me a false prophet. You know what it did to their credibility in their ministry? They lost it all. God will not be mocked. Keep sowing those seeds. They're probably watching. Been accused of sexual whatever by somebody living with their girlfriend. I think he's cheating on his wife. 
Uh, you're living with your girlfriend. Let's start there. And anybody's going to lend ear to you? Somebody wrote me the other day. They don't have a board there. No, we've had a board since we founded the church. It's legally a 501c3. If you came here, you would know that. Uh, one, two, three, four, five of them are standing against the back and are every night, amongst others. What I just, it's a business. It's funny, I'd have to get paid for it to be a business. Now, is there a business side of it? There absolutely is. And if you don't have a business brain, let me help you. I got one word for you bankrupt. There's a business side to things. Yes, there is. Anybody who tells you they're a liar. And they're setting you up for failure. I've been accused of everything under the sun. Things like this. Well, his dad doesn't really come there, so they don't support him. That's a lie right from hell. Do you ever think my dad's doing other things on Sunday night? But this is the crap that's come out of people's mouths that call themselves Christians. It's so important who you listen to. And the friendships you keep. And this whole time I've dealt with all this nonsense, the Lord's told me keep my mouth shut. You know what the hardest thing has been to do? You know what I like to do? Rearrange some teeth. Feel that slapping anointing Brother Benny feels. Amen. You know what's funny, Brother Joe? You keep your mouth shut and just keep doing what God called you to do. Your enemies get scattered. And one after the next, their lying tongues wrap them around their own neck and hang themselves. Why do I say that? Because God wants you to build the right friendships with the right people. And let me help you. People will come and people will go. And if you're a gossip and you're this and you're whatever, don't worry. It won't be long. I'll run you out of here. You don't like that? Too bad. It's part of what a pastor is supposed to do. Not supposed to be some paid face where I smile and make you feel good. You want to massage and feel good, go over to her studio. Amen. You're not getting it from the preacher. I'll probably rub you the wrong way. I hope I do. I sincerely mean that. Because if I don't ruffle feathers, I probably didn't do a good job. Jesus ruffled people's feathers all the time. But I know the anointing provokes a response. So I know when I preach stuff like this, I'll get kicked back. Kick away. I don't really care. I've been hit by the best of them. They've tried. Tried and fried. I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that humbly. But let me tell you something. People who are close to me can tell you how I live my life. Ask some of these guys. I don't even go to the gym if I don't have somebody to go with. Why do you think I get picked up? Because I need to be driven here? No, because I don't even drive here alone. Am I telling the truth? Yeah. So don't tell me about how I live my life, because I know how I live my life. And those close to me know how I live my life. But I've had people try to accuse me because they're jealous of what God's doing in this house. Because the truth is, most people never thought this would happen. Even people who helped make this happen didn't think this would ever turn into this and keep growing and growing and growing and getting healthier and healthier and better and better. But I tell you, who knew? God knew before he laid the foundations of the earth. But just notice, hear me, anybody's dealing with something, you're going to deal with crap. I don't encourage more, but it's true. You'll deal with broken friendships. You'll deal with broken stuff, but you got to know when it's time to break and when it's time to build. Kenny Rogers made a fortune saying, you got no one to hold them, no one to fold them. No one to walk away, no one to run. <laughs> the gambler, amen. 
Proverbs 17, 17. Where's Tim? You come back. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. I had a prophet of God call me on the phone. He calls me regularly. He said to me, he said, brother, you're about to walk into something. He said, you're about to have to handle it yourself. This is a while ago. And he said, even people that are close to you, God's going to remove them out of your life because they're actually a hindrance to you. He said, it's going to be the hardest time of your life. Real encouraging work. But he said, I'm telling you, you'll come out of that thing and it'll be you and God that go through it. And you'll come out of that so strong on the other side of it. He said, God will bless you and give you more than you ever had. I'm telling you right now, I come out of the thing like a retooled train. Come out of that thing. Some of the stuff I just named to people. You know why I name stuff like that? Because there's no hidden things here. You want to ask me about something? I'm a wide open book. You want to know what I'm involved? I'll tell you. Ask the people that are close to me. You know why? Because this is a thing of transparency. Most preachers would never do this, but I want you to know who you're with here. That I, I'm open, I'm transparent, I'm real. I tell you to whatever. And if I've fallen and, and failed in life, like I'm sure everybody has, I got no problem standing up and admitting that I've failed. Because if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail forward. You know what I'm saying? Am I perfect? By no means. You're looking for a perfect pastor? You got the wrong house. There was only one perfect pastor who ever lived. His name was Jesus. But if you're looking at somebody that really love you, really care for you, I'll be there for you, I'll believe with you, I'll lay hands on you and drive the devil off your life. I'll run that sickness and disease out of you. I'll give you a word from heaven. I'll do whatever I can do to be a blessing to you. You're in the right place. But don't think you got some ivory tower guy who's untouchable because that's not me. Am I telling the truth? I love to laugh. I love my kids more than anything in this world. I love this church. I'm telling you, 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 I appreciate it, but you have no idea how much I love this church. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, you ask these boys, Paul, do I go to bat for this place? With anybody. Anybody. I don't care if it's friend, family, the devil himself. Ask these boys. I got no problem looking whoever in the eye and telling them the truth. So I want you to know. I consider you my friends. I really do. I, 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 man, I look at some of these people like Bill. I mean, man, like, my God. Right? Different one. Like, I've known some of you a while. Some of you not so much. Some of you are new. I just want you to know this is a house. It's not perfect, but a house where the pastor really cares about you. Where the board really cares about you. Where the people serving here are giving up their time, their talents, and their treasures to be here and be a blessing in your life. Headline news are the kind of friends you probably want to have. We're getting ready on May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Amen. <laughs> My own Joel Osteen joke I'll tell all night. To go down to the Western Wayne High School. Just like we did Honesdale High School last year. Whew, I feel the anointing. Put ourselves out there. Somebody said to me the other day, man, it's just like your social media is all thrives of all time. Yeah, because it's my heart. Notice it's not me pumping myself up. It's pushing God's church forward. You know how hard it is to teach on truthfully, on, on giving like we did on generosity a few weeks ago? Because people already have a preconceived idea that the church just wants my wallet. That preacher just wants my money. No, I don't. 
Your money does nothing for me. I'm not being rude. I'm being truthful. I'm not after your money, but I do know too many people serve money and don't serve God. But I do know as most preachers are too neutered to tell people the truth of what God's Word says about giving, about finance, because they're afraid it's going to shrink their church. Me, it's like the harder I preach what God's Word has to say, the church just keeps growing. You know why? Because that's the kingdom of God. It's upside down. It's backwards. It's the God that, you know, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery by the religious leaders and thrown in the streets naked in front of Jesus, John chapter 8, he says, you without sin throw the first stone. That is the gospel. It's the woman that had five husbands and was living with somebody that wasn't her husband at the time at the well that Jesus goes to and which racially wasn't okay. It's, no, I've come not for people who think they're healthy, but those who know they're sick, those who know they need a Savior, those people that say, wait a minute, God, I am nothing without you, but in you I'm everything. I got hurts, I got habits, I got hang-ups, I've been through some crap, but guess what, God, I'm still standing by the grace of God. Having done all to stand, stand firm, Ephesians 6. I am what I am by the grace of God, and so are you. And I don't know what's going on, I'm just being straight with you. The gym we go to, am I telling the truth, Debbie? It's like God has just given favor with people there, like unbelievable. And I don't tell people I'm a preacher. Like unbelievable favor with unsaved people. You know why? Because he's got a plan for that place and every soul that's in there. You know what? Maybe they need to find a real friend, one that's not trying to get something from them, not one that's not in it for what can I get for me. Somebody that's really there says, you know what? Man, I'm, I'm just any way I can help you. Ask Lou, when I walk out of the place, how many people do I tell anything I can do for you? And I mean it. People know I mean what I say. And I want a church that's the same thing. This is a healthy place. This is a safe place. This is I want Thrive Church to be known as a place where people could come and thrive. We haven't dealt with problems in the church. I've been hit by people, but not here. It's outside of here. You know who went to my defense? The unsaved people. I walked into a place to get pizza a couple months ago. There's a guy sitting at the bar, two of them. One with just overalls, no shirt on underneath. He grew up across the street from us. Amen. <laughs> and the other guy was a young guy. It's just his birthday, 35. Rough. He said, hey, preacher. I said, what's going on? He said, I want you to know I almost knocked somebody out for you the other night. He said, they tried to say something bad about you, and they call themselves a Christian. He said, you better believe what I told that son of a gun. He said, I know him his whole life. Let me tell you something. You're a liar. Call yourself a Christian. I mean, he went up and down this person. Guess what? Because I've been a friend to the sinners. So they've got my back. Made friends by Uncommon Mammon when I preached a few weeks ago. Let me help you. You're supposed to have a spirit of influence too. Do I think I'm some untouchable? No, I don't. But I value the friendships I have. And Jesus was friends with sinners. The sinners never changed who Jesus was. Jesus impacted their lives. And that's what you need to do too through your friendships. I've said this before. Your alignment will determine your assignment. Last scripture I want to show you. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Sincere. And I had enough of fake news and fake people and fake politicians and fake Christians. 
I'd rather somebody come in here that openly knows they're in sin and would rather come here and receive the word of God than a church full of fake Christians that puts on their plastic Christianity and turns around and is backbiting, turn around gossiping, turn around stirring the pot. I'd much rather a church full of people says, I'm not perfect, but I know I need to be in God's presence. I know that just the Bible says God set eternity in the hearts of man, and I realize there's something on the inside of me that can only get filled by God, by hearing his word. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Oh, do I hate that one. I'm telling you, I've been through hell. But you can't even smell the smoke on this boy. I can honestly say, Lou, am I telling the truth? I have some godly men with me. Walk me through some things. I'm telling you, some of the finest godly men that said, Pastor, even if everything's true, I got your back. We'll come out with this thing. We'll, we will handle this. And he said, if it's not, we'll, we'll handle it too. You know why? Because there are people that really know how to love and really know how to care and really been here. And are we dealing with some big scandal? No. So if that's the devil's trying to play in your mind, throw it right to hell where it belongs. But I'd just like to be transparent, amen, and let you know the type of church you're in. Patient in affliction. Anybody that likes that one, God bless you. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, there's a man here tonight. He bought Andy's pizza for the whole church last Sunday night. Yeah, if you weren't here, y'all missed. And my favorite, oh, Jesus, I feel the anointing. Rick Sheets is on the future. Is Andy's pizza ready with sausage on there? And something about that cheese. I don't know if it's like cooked in beer or what they do with it. But I like it so thick it's like clogging my... You know what I'm saying? Like as if I got dentures that fell out. And I was, brother, I was so tired last Sunday night. And sometimes, I, I don't mean to be rude, I, after shaking hands or whatever, I go upstairs to sit down because I'm wiped. I'm beginning to thank God for what he did tonight and in the people's lives. And brother, they gave me four slices. I said, what's this, the tithe before the offering? Where's the rest of it? No, tease it. Brother Lou, I sat there, took a bite of that pizza. Pizza. Watch this. And thank God that somebody's life was touched by this church. And because of relationships and friendships in this church, hear me, that they not only have a love for God, but a love for the people here. And they said, Pastor, I just want to bless the people there. And they're not some high roller billionaire. Not that I know of anyway. <laughs> Watch this. This man, it's a friend of mine has been nothing but a blessing, has such a generous spirit, because that's what God will do when he changes your life. And he'll give you friendships with people, hear me, that are real people. So faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Oh, I hate that. But I do it on a regular. 
I'll do it. You know why? Because I'm commanded to. Otherwise, I'd be in jail. <laughs> Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Easier said than done sometimes. Come on. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We said that one before. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. The Bible says vengeance is the Lord's, and trust me, he'll take care of it. I've watched him do it over and over again. And I know I've preached a long time. Not that I ever preached short. I knew this was going to be a long message. You know why? Because i got so much I'm trying to communicate tonight. But I'm telling you, if you'll receive this into your spirit, this is the type of stuff that really will accelerate you and change your life. Leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. I went to school in Boston. A lot of people don't know that. And I used to travel back and forth on the weekends and stuff. And there was a sign just as he got past Hartford, Connecticut, about 84. And it says, God is the judge, but we'll arrange the meeting. Marines. I love that. I said, Lord, you know if I wasn't preaching, I'd be a meeting arranger. So God, when I get to heaven, just know if you need an angel to arrange a meeting. I can do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Watch this. In doing this, you'll heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with... Some of y'all thought Martin Luther King made that up. No, that's the word of God. Father, in Jesus' name, close your eyes just for a second. The anointing is in this house. You know why? Because you can't preach that stuff and not have the anointing. Whew, hallelujah. We're going to give back to God in just a moment. But I feel His presence. Hallelujah. Master, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, help me to grow in this area. To break what you want broken. To build what you want built. And to give you the glory in everything. Help me to live in love. Help me live in unity. Help me live in harmony. With you and with others. I repent of my sin. I confess it to you. And I receive you. As Lord and Savior in my life. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be a friend of yours and to exemplify you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I can feel it. It's just like weight came. Hallelujah.
couple of things. Come here, Wayne. Come up here. We're going to pray for my buddy Wayne. He's going to be leaving us. Can you believe that? I'm going to miss him. Iowa. Right? Brother, I've been there. Nothing but corn. No, I'm teasing. I'm going to miss you. You know that? So we're all going to miss you. Hear that? So here's what I want to do. Everybody stretch your hand towards my friend Wayne. I'm going to pray for you. And then you're going to tell them what you need to tell them. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I put angels on assignment to protect my friend Wayne. Father, I thank you for restoring things in his family. Just as I preached tonight, God, of building the relationships. And now he's going back to Iowa with his family. We'll sure miss him, but I pray your anointing is upon him. Touch him, Holy Spirit. What a blessing he's been. And I thank you for Linda bringing him here. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now Wayne's got something to tell y'all. And you on the other side of the camera, so listen up. What are we going to tell him? Go to church. I love you, buddy. God bless you. So go to church. I'm going to miss that. Sincerely mean it. Go to church. Wayne tells everybody every week, go to church. I'm a, don't worry, Wayne. I'm going to keep telling them without you here. <laughs> Pray every day. Just be thankful to God. You wake up tomorrow, thank God you have a job. You don't have a job, get a job. Thankful for your family. Watch this. You could pray these points this week. You realize they put my notes out on social media, usually on Tuesday or Wednesday every week. You can go on there, take them, do whatever you want with them. Put your name on them. For, I don't care. Plagiarism. I could care. This is God's word. I don't own it. But you can get a hold of that and pray that thing. Say, God, help me build with my parents. Help me build with my pastor. Help me build in my relationships, God, with my friends. Whatever it might be. It'll encourage you, amen? So go to church, pray, and then read the Bible. Look at, download the U version Bible app, Y O U. Nowadays we have to spell things. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. U <laughs> version Bible app. And you could look, we're reading through the Bible together as a church. You could do that plan with us if you want. If not, do something on your own. You could read a verse a day, read a transla translation you can understand, whatever it might be. I like having the Bible read to me. I dusted off my PlayStation the other night, Bernice. Because I'm trying to be like, keep up with these young whippersnappers. You know what I'm saying? And I popped in Black Ops 3. Because even if I can't be there, I can still play. I'm coming for you. So Carolyn came upstairs. And I got to have the volume shut off. Because you got all these twerps on there. Talking trash. And I don't need that. So I got the volume off, but I got the phone reading the Bible to me. Carolyn goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm killing people, and they're listening to the Bible. <laughs> These guys know me my whole life. That's how I am. So you can even have the Bible read to you on that app, is my point. While you're whooping up on some folk. In Jesus' name. I'm just... Devil, this is you next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm as real as they come, people. 
pray, read the Bible, go to church. Last thing we're going to do tonight before I pray for some people is this. We're going to get back to the work of God. Amen. Yeah, come on. We're going to get back to the work of God. Monday morning, I sent 5,000 to a preacher in faith. By Tuesday evening, God spoke to somebody to help us out. What you do for God's house, God will do for your house. I'm not promising who wants to be a millionaire. I'm promising we give to God's work because we believe that God's blessings upon our house, upon our family, upon our kids. That's why we do it, out of love. Want me to tell you about needs? Yeah, I was messing with a sewer line every day this week, and it sucked. Had to get three plumbers here, couldn't get it undone. Had to get a commercial contractor in here for a clog that was 80 feet out in a parking lot. That probably came from a certain restaurant out there, but we're going to leave all that alone. Dump a grease down the drain. Whew. Do I got needs? No, God will supply all my needs. It's arrogance. No, it's what his word says. I tell God what we want. I don't tell him about it. Why would I waste him telling him about needs when he said supply all the need? I said, God, here's what we want to do with the church. Your church. God, I need to get going on another building because them kids are out of space. In case you haven't noticed, this is getting a little tight. God, I know you made us debt free, and I thank you for that. But that building needs a whole ton of work. And God, I'd like this, right, Paul, this year to be able to pledge forward on some of that. Because I ain't taking, borrowing money from any man to do that. Didn't do it here, ain't doing it there. Debt is like a noose around people's necks. And they're not going to be a noose on God's house. When we build a new place, we'll do that debt-free too. Hallelujah. We'll do that debt-free too. We better put a hangar out back too to park them planes. <laughs> Three of them. The helicopter. Hey, I'm good with it, brother. Somebody, I read something on Facebook. <laughs> Stupid Facebook. Six months ago, somebody wrote, that pastor has a three-point-something million-dollar mansion up there in Wayne County. Just let me know where. What am I, Bruce Wayne? I'd like the Batmobile, too. And a sick motorcycle he rides. Come on. How stupid are people? No, I'll tell you what I do have. I have a father in heaven who owns it all, and he loans it all. And I don't know about anybody else, but as for me and my house, we're going to steward this thing well. And if God gives us mansions and planes and whatever else, then you'll hear one thing and one thing only. He get all the glory for it. He get all the praise for it. But if you think I'm here to get something from you or to get rich, you got the wrong guy. But don't get upset when you see unsaved business people doing stuff for your pastor. Because God will use the wealth of the heathen that's stored up for the righteous to be a blessing to his children. According to Proverbs 13.22. So maybe I won't own the planes. Maybe the heathens will. Who knows? We're going to get back to God, though. Has this been a long service? Yes. Do I apologize? No. 
And especially to the whole bunch of you that show up at 4 o'clock and hang out here. I don't want to hear about me preaching long if you come here at 4 o'clock. You're welcome to keep coming at 4 o'clock. Amen. Just clean up your Cheeto dust. Amen. No, Tisa. You're welcome to keep coming early. Because you know what that shows? That you can't wait to get into God's house. You love one another, and it's a great place to be. And just so you know, I, don't, it's not, I preach long because I have nothing to do. i got to get up for work tomorrow, too. Just like everybody else, or I hope everybody else. There's people here, drive up here from down clear near Allentown. Right, ladies? Iowa. They drove from Iowa tonight. They got you beat with their corn stalks, and they're stealing Wayne. We're going to give back to the work of God, and you're welcome to go if you want. But there's a couple people I'd like to pray for, if that's okay. Might as well see, I'm going to do it anyway. Willis, come here. Yeah, I won't hurt you. Come on. I want to pray for your wife. I've been praying for her. But I want to lay my hands on you to pray for her. You can tell I really care about offerings because I just keep doing everything but the offering. Technically, I'm supposed to do the offering like early in the service before anybody leaves, so everybody gives. You can tell I don't follow any program I'm supposed to follow. I want to pray for your wife. I've been praying for her, but we're going to stand in faith. The same way she didn't have pain in the hospital, it was a miracle. We're going to believe God's going to cause her to recover real quick. <sighs> Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we partner our faith together. The Bible says if any two people are touching anything, it would be done unto them. So I put angels on assignment, and I send them to Scranton right now in Jesus' name. Where the doctors even just did surgery a couple days ago. Whew. Hallelujah. Touch her, Lord, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of healing, working of miracles. I put angels on assignment now. I curse every foul bit of pain. I loose the gifts of healing. Strength to get better and better. In fact, even I believe this, and Kareen or nobody else has told me this, but I believe they already think that she's going to have long-term effects from this because it's broken multiple places. They're wrong. She's not going to have long-term effects. She'll be healed by the precious blood of Jesus. We partner our faith together. I thank you for this wonderful man of God. I thank you for bringing him from Scranton to this church every Sunday night and the work you're doing in their family. Bless them, Lord. Touch him by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. I feel like getting them moves like Jagger on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, people have tell me if you'd cut the service back to 45 minutes, I'd come. You know what I tell them? Thank you for not coming. You'd ruin it for the rest of us. I'm not interested in just attracting people. Turn on a fly zapper, all the bugs come out. I'm interested in attracting a people who are hungry and thirsty for the things of God. That know that, yeah, i got to get up tomorrow, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Whew. Hallelujah. Okay, give me just a second, sissy. Hallelujah. Father God, I just come before you in the 
holy and precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I thank you so very much for the anointing that is on this man's life that we get to reap from, Father God. I thank you, my family's life, and everyone that I talk to in, in this church, their lives are being changed for the better because of what Tyler is bringing to us every week. Father God, I am asking tonight, in the name of Jesus, for the cross of Christ to come in front of Tyler, on each side of him, behind him, the blood of Jesus to start filtering and stopping the gossip, the naysaying, all of these things that are coming to attack him. We know, Father God, why? Because of the anointing that, it's on, that is on him that we are getting to receive from Lord. I ask you to diminish these attacks, Father God, to strengthen Tyler in this season so he can preach more and more of these messages to change our lives, to make our lives better, to allow us to step out and love the unlovely, to allow us to step out and start businesses, to allow us to do what would be impossible for everyone else, but possible with you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for what you've done here. I ask in the name of Jesus for a supernatural miracle of finances and provision to come into this house this week to finish the sewage and help us with that building, Lord God, so we can continue to grow. Father God, you said we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are amongst us, Lord God. So I thank you, Father. We are all in agreement and expect to see spiritual miracle signs and wonders unfold this week to bless this church and allow us to grow more and more. We thank you, Father God, for Tyler's family. We thank you, Father God, for our board. We thank you for each and every person that comes to this church and all those that are ready to step into this door, Lord God. May they be blessed. May they meet you, the real Jesus, not the one that has been sold to so many Christians that are walking in confusion, Lord God, but you, the one that loves, the one that does exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare to care, ask, think, or hope for. Father God, the, the, the man and the father that watches over us and not one hair of our head is not counted. Father God, I thank you so much for this house and I thank you for Tyler, the health, the strength, the courage, the endurance, the tenacity, all that he has to walk through this and bring this beautiful, beautiful blessing of Thrive Church to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Here's the last, I think the last thing I'm going to do. Hallelujah. walked in here feeling lousy and the minute I sat down and the worship was going it, it left so so I think at times we have to remember that we have an adversary and we need to pray against retaliatory spirits coming after us when we are called to pray I think I was I was supposed to be here to bring prayer to this man for what he's done for us and the
I know we got to receive an offering here in a moment. They got oil back there in that kitchen. Oil. Not motor oil, oil. Save the 10W30 for your car, sister. Bring it up here, quick. Some of you aren't used to being in a service like this. You probably aren't going to like heaven. But until we get there, i got to take care of some business on this side. There's nothing special about Robusto. I don't even know who Filippo Berrio is. Do you? No. Sounds Irish. Amen. The Bible says if anyone is sick amongst you, I know what I'm with all. Call on the elders of the church to pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now you haven't told me this. But that report you got wasn't correct about Bumper. So, sorry cleaning people. Probably shine my boot too. I'm going to pray for him. And the Lord's going to touch him. Come here. Tell my Bumper to come here. And you guys that are back there. And just so to I'm going to hold this microphone now, Aaron. Come here. I need one of you guys to be a microphone stand. You guys, don't, come here. You look like elders. You got gray hair anyhow. <laughs> don't slip. It'll be lightning on your feet. Now, Mama hasn't told me this, Right? So nobody thinks I'm a liar. But you got a report the other day that was misread. Right? You didn't tell me that. Just so everybody can tell. This is my bumper, by the way, in case you don't know him. He's a wonderful man of God. I've never heard him raise his voice in my life. And imagine helping raise me. I haven't lived with him for a while. You're getting a mansion in heaven. Thanks, brother. Wonderful people of this church. My God. I want to anoint you with oil, just like I anointed the floor. A little less for you, though. Otherwise, your head's going to look like Mr. Clean's. Because the Bible says when you anoint with oil and the prayer of faith with the others of the church, Save the sick. I think I got enough of that stuff on me. You get the deal. I'm going to have everybody stretch a hand towards my bumper, if you would. I named him that, so he still gets to have that name. <laughs> Nearly 32 years ago. <sighs> now, here's what the Lord shows me that thing was actually worse. And it's already gotten better. In fact, now it just looks like it's in the beginning stages of it. Because the Lord has already reversed that thing. We're going to finish it off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as I anoint my bumper with oil, I call on James chapter 5 and verse 16, where it says to anoint the sick with oil. Have the elders of the church lay their hands on them, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, you've already begun to heal him because this thing has already gone in the other direction. So now they're saying, well, we misread it, but it's only in the beginning stages. We're going to finish that foul thing off in Jesus' name. You foul infirmity that would try to touch my family. I bind you in the mighty name of Jesus. I take authority over that foul spirit of cancer. I curse it in Jesus' mighty name. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That's it. That's the anointing. In Jesus' mighty name. I bind that foul thing of cancer. I command it and curse it to go out into the deep. Report to your master Satan, you have failed. You take your hands off of God's property. I loose the gift of healing and the working of miracles. Gifts of the Holy Spirit through Christ's name. In the name of mighty Jesus Christ, the Lord of hosts, I take authority over this thing. And I command health into your body. Longevity of life. I curse that foul cancer never to return in Jesus' mighty name. To get better and better, better and better in Jesus' name. Same way the gifts of the Spirit are working. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Christ's blood over God's property. From head to toe. We believe together. We receive. We took you at your word. You must perform it. Put pressure on the word. He says, you watch over your word to perform it in the lives of your children. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it, God. We believe we receive. And all God's people said? Come on, I said all God's people said? Unless you want to be a microphone stand. Maybe someday when you grow up. All right, lastly, before we receive the offering. Because I didn't know you guys were going to do this. Get all, bring all those kids up here. Whoever's back there, Colleen, Haley, tell them watch you don't wipe out our home plate. Bring the kids up here just a minute. Come on, you kids. Give them a big hand. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Lorelai Louise, get up here. Aren't they beautiful? Mr. Levi George left the cowboy hat at home. Right? Do you have a pink cowgirl hat? Yes. Levi George has a brown cowboy hat? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they precious? Anybody? Yo, where are you going? Anybody has a problem with us doing this for kids in the house of God? There's the door. Because this is the future. And the world ain't going to raise these kids. The church is going to help raise these kids. You're in a church where, the, hey, you get to help steward these kids. Thank you. Hey, we don't want to see that side of you. Stand up. Stretch your hands towards these wonderful children. I'm anointing them with oil. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Where'd your sweatshirt go? They didn't take it back on you, did they? It got wet? What are you guys doing up there? I was um, washing my hands, and then the water went on my sweatshirt. Save the baptism for when I put the pool up, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, kids, I'm going to lay my hand on you. Amen? When I touch you, it's going to be the hand of Jesus touching you. Hallelujah. He's not sleeping tonight. You're like Lazarus. You woke up from the dead. Amen. Did you have a good time? No sleep upstairs? Hmm. The naps are better down here. Amen. Hey, where are you going, honey? Come on, Gary. You can come. Taking too long for these kids. Nah. Oh. I'm having fun in the anointing. You want something to say? Now, all right, ready? Everybody stretching your hands. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as I anoint these kids with oil, I curse every foul spirit from hell that would try and torment these kids' lives. Father, any bit of depression, suicide, don't worry, honey, I won't hurt you. Hallelujah, in Jesus' mighty name. For the precious spirit that Jesus has given you, honey, and the wonderful heart after him. Touch him, Jesus. My friend with the wet sweatshirt, touch him, Lord. My buddy, the football star, that hair's still not going down. Touch him, Lord. Touch him. My friend who likes to get a little nap, touch him, Jesus. Touch them, Lord. You know I love you. I've known you a long time. The same way Jesus has healed you, he's healed your heart and healed your spirit. It's a miracle child right here. Every panic attack that's tried to come against you. And your mom didn't even tell me that. You can ask her on the ride home. I curse every bit of panic attack, any traces of PTSD, every foul bit of anxiety, I curse it in Jesus' mighty name. We've called you diva since you were a kid. Why? Because Jesus loves you, honey. Jesus loves every one of you kids. And God has set you apart and anointed you and brought you into this church. You guys will be the smartest in your class, the best, the brightest. The cream of the crop. Psalm 119 says, in verse 99, that God will even make you smarter than your teachers. They can get their sweatshirts wet. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ and protect them in school, Father. Protect them from this foul devil, these doctrines that are being taught in Jesus' name. Amen. Give them a big hand. God bless you guys. All right, we're closing. Watch, don't wipe out. Y'all are going to leave footprints from here to Holly. All right, ready? We're done. I'm going to receive the offering and cut you loose.
knocking on the door three hours. Amen. I don't even have pizza to feed you. Hey, you can bring your offering to the altar of the Lord. Drop a, the usher in the bucket in the back. Let me say this to you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord always cause His face to shine upon you. You're rising up. You're lying down. You're coming in. You're going forth. Each and every day you live to see the gift of another sunrise. May you know you're blessed and highly favored by Almighty God. May the anointing continue to increase in your life. May the love of God overflow more and more and more and more. I pray the Lord blesses you abundantly. Have the best week of your life. Yes, ma'am. It's okay. I'd give you this microphone, but it's slippier and a greased hog. I want to also add three amazing people to the prayer list for bringing my brother to this church and through the transition of him moving out to Iowa with me. I want them, because this can be a difficult transition for him, just please keep them, Beth, Carrie, and Linda, all in your prayers as... Wayne is moving out to Iowa with me. We absolutely will. Do this. Everybody take the hand of the person to your right or your left. Catch. Say this. Say, Father, I pray you bless the person I'm in contact with. I pray for them. I honor them. I love them, and I respect them. Help me, Father, to be more like you, to care for others, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, and to build each other up. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. Have the best week of your life. We'll see you next week.